Then she'd received her new orders, and she'd had to speak to them. They were the only ones who might understand her emotional tug-of-war. She'd foregone a letter, choosing instead to ring them up with the news, spilling her confusion and doubts over the wires. Graham had listened to her calmly before handing the phone to Prue, who urged her to come home for a long-delayed visit. They needed to talk with her, about her mother. Anna had hung up the receiver with shaking hands and arranged for leave to travel up to London. Now, a week later, she was finally home, though home seemed sadly changed. She shifted the heavy weight of her valise off her shoulder to relieve the growing ache of stiff muscles as a trickle of sweat ran down her spine. The day was warm, and it had been months since she had walked so far but she'd not the fare for a cab even if one could be found. Besides, she couldn't very well complain at being passed over for a posting due to her injuries, and then wilt at a bit of effort. There would be effort, and more if she returned to the front. No, not if. When. When she returned to the front. There was no if about it. She had not become a V.A.D. to sit safely in Blighty making tea and playing cards while others risked their lives. She passed the church and the greengrocers, rounded the corner, her steps hastening as shattered glass crunched under her boots. Her hands slid clammy on the leather strap of her bag, and her damp skin itched beneath the heavy wool of her uniform. Buildings leaned drunkenly on their foundations, their windows blown out, doors knocked from hinges. A jagged gap like a missing tooth was all that was left of the butcher's shop. The pub looked comfortingly unscathed until she approached. Then she noticed a tumbled slide of bricks and shingles where the roof had collapsed. A gleam of brass railing poked up through fallen plaster and splintered beams. A pint glass stud half filled on a table in a corner. A dot stuck dead centre in the dartboard still hanging on the back wall. Ten paces. Twenty. The damage greater. The houses tumbled and spilled like a child's toppled building blocks. Smoke hung low like a morning fog across the Thames. A few firemen replaced their hoses upon a truck. A policeman unrolled a coil of rope across the pavement where a set of marble steps led to... Nothing. No. Anna's chest tightened. Her throat closed around a hard, painful knot. Pain lanced down her leg, buckling her ankle. The awkward weight of the valise knocked her to her knees. Dirt bit into her skin, scraped her hands raw. She retched, but there was nothing in her stomach except the weak tea she'd drunk this morning on the train. Still, she felt her inside shriveling. Darkness crowding the edges of her vision. It couldn't be. There was some mistake. She was having another nightmare. She would open her eyes to see curtains at the windows and geraniums on the stoop. Graham and Prue standing on the steps to meet her. Here now, miss. Are you all right? You took a nasty spill on these cobbles. One of the firemen. Anna opened her eyes. Her memory is as ephemeral as the smoke blowing east towards Shoreditch. She swallowed down her horror, clammed her mouth over the sobs threatening to overwhelm her. The people who lived here, 
Do you know what shelter they might have been taken to? The firemen exchanged awkward glances, before one shouldered the burden for all and faced her, shaking his head. I'm sorry, miss. Ten died in this block alone, seven more around the corner. He need say no more. There would be no welcoming embrace, no comforting advice, and no revelations about her mother. She stared disbelieving at the wreckage. Have you a place to go? The fireman asked in a deep smoke harshened voice. Someone you can stay with? No, Anna said, finally looking away. No one at all. The grammar school served as a temporary shelter for those who'd lost their homes in the air raids. With nowhere else to go, Anna climbed its stairs.